Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome. I'm so excited that you are listening today. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about managing our relationships intentionally as part of our yearly planning. And then how do we evaluate friendships? What do we do if we have a friendship or a relationship that is taking more energy than it's giving us? We're also going to revisit one old topic for about two minutes because I got some emails about it. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back, my friends. Hello. How are you? How goes your day? We are so close to Christmas, close to New Year's, close to a new year. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how we're going to plan for for next year, how you're going to plan for next year, set ourselves up for some goals, some exciting things coming from us, as in me and my companies that we're looking forward to. Before we do that, I want to revisit an older issue. I got an email this week uh, that was very, there, there was a lot of thought obviously put into it. It was a little long. Uh, I've been emailing back and forth just a little bit with the person, so I want to talk about this a little bit. It's about the parenting issue. If you remember, uh, I don't remember when now, probably about two months ago, I talked about, hey, if you have to go to because I'm the parent, you've lost. And so somebody wrote me in a question that essentially says this, I don't get it. I am the parent. There are times that I can just say that. And I should be able to just say that. It doesn't mean anything because there is authority and people need to learn to submit to authority. For the record, I have addressed this. So if you're a longtime listener, you might just just roll your eyes. Go ahead and hit that 30-second forward button if you want. Or listen again uh, because it's only going to take about 45 seconds, maybe two minutes. I agree with you. There are times that I tell my kids, look, you've got to do this because I'm your dad and I'm telling you to do it. And it's the price you pay for living here. Or my wife says, hey, you got to do this because I'm the mom. But if that's your go-to, that's where you're in trouble. In fact, in one of the episodes, I actually said, look, you got to learn to obey authority. If a cop tells you to do something, you have to do it unless it's immoral or going to hurt somebody. Uh, The government, I I don't think that the government has the right to spend my money the way that they do. I still have to pay taxes. I have to submit to that authority. But here's my question. Do you want that type of relationship? So what I'm trying to say here is, Your go-to should not be because I'm the parent. It should be, hey, you're doing this, and here's why. It makes you a better adult. It makes you a better human. It makes you uh, a better person to live with. It, It helps you develop discipline, which will help you in other areas. I don't care what the reason is. You ought to have a reason, though, that's better than I'm the parent. So it could be like, uh, you're going to do this because... So one of the things that my kids are frustrated about is that they're not allowed to go to friends' houses during this pandemic. They're very frustrated by it. Uh, when when we when they were going to church, we made them wear masks. Um, right now, we're not letting them go to church. And, and so they're, they're a little frustrated with that because they want to see their friends, which I get. And so one of the things that I tell them is, look, it's not about uh, the mask, and we've talked about this before, but for us, for your mom and I, we want to help people. And if you get this virus we can't help people. We, we, we're done for two weeks or 10 days or whatever it is. And so we're protecting our ability to help people because that's what we're called to. And, and my one daughter's like, well, I don't agree. Okay, I don't care. Essentially what I said there was, I don't care, I'm the parent. I didn't actually say I'm the parent, but I did say I don't care. 
So hopefully that, that will put this issue to rest. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have an authority structure. I am saying that we should have better reasoning than our authority structure for the things that we have those that we are, quote, in authority over to do. Now, I'm suspecting that I'm going to get some emails about what authority structure means, but we'll wait and see. If you do want to reach out, joe at joemartino.com. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash joemartinocounseling. And uh, feel free to write to us and let us know what you think. Hopefully that answers the questions. I do feel this is a little bit like the high school sports thing. It kind of developed a life of its own and ran for a little bit longer than I thought it would. All right, with that uh, answered, and again, I would like to emphasize, if you have a question, feel free to reach out. I love to answer questions. I love to interact with listeners. Um, Would love to do that. So if you have something that you want to talk about, let me know. What I want to do now is I want to take a moment and I want to push our focus to next year. Now, here's the thing about podcasts, right? They are not a one-and-done thing, so I'm also going to talk about this it doesn't matter if you hear this when it's when it is published in December of 2020 or if you hear it in June of 2021. You can use the principles that we're about to talk to, to to schedule your life. One of the things that I truly believe in is living intentionally. And so I want to talk about intentional living in 2021 and what it means for you. Hopefully by now you've started thinking about things like about things like, hey, what's my theme for 2021 going to be? What are my goals going to be? Are they measurable? Are they completely in my control? Uh, do they have a, a timeline, right? So I, I'm here. My goal is I want to move there and I want to do it by such and such time. That's called X to Y by Z. And those are really important criteria for goals. If you need more information about that, I encourage you to go to the end of 2019, uh, probably most of December there, we talked about that. And uh, feel free to look those up. You can find those on joemartino.com forward slash podcast with a forward slash. We don't, I don't know why. I'm sure some of my tech friends do. There, You have to have that podcast or that forward slash, but you do. You can also just go to joemartino.com and click on podcast. Good webpage to be a part of. You can sign up for subscribe and you'll get most, uh, everything that we do will be delivered right to your email inbox and you'll get announcements, those types of things. As you look to 2021, you think about your theme, you think about your goals. I want you to consider your energy. One of the capitals that people don't think about is the capital of their energy too often. And so what happens is, is they tend to be intentional with their finances. Certainly there's a lot of people that aren't. Maybe they're intentional uh, with things like where they go to church or how they handle fossil fuels and what they're doing uh, in regards to their beliefs about climate change. But what they don't do is consider their energy. And a couple weeks ago we talked about, hey, I got like five emails in like three days about like, hey, I need a new best friend and I don't know what to do. And and we talked about being caught in that negativity trap. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at 2021 and and I've started writing out goals that I I want to do in 2021, uh, things that I want to accomplish. Uh, I'm actually, to be honest with you, thinking about stopping trying to write the book that I'm currently working on because it's just not coming together. And I I have an outline for another book that I think I could knock out in about 10 months. And I'm wondering well, what that would look like. Could I write that? Uh, 
you, you know, that type of thing. But then I've got to look at, okay, what are things that are getting my energy? What are things that are drawing energy, emotional-wise, physical-wise, from my life? What are things that are putting energy into my life? So one of the, the hobbies that I picked up in 2019 or picked back up maybe, no, not really. I was never really into it before. I tried a couple times, is fishing. And I didn't really do it too much before because I'm not very good at it. And like most people, I don't like to engage in things that I'm not good at. And then when I did it, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm good at it. I enjoy it. It's comforting. It's relaxing. It recharges my brain. It's good headspace. So I got back into that in, in 2019. and Or excuse me, in 2020. And uh, that that is an energy giver for me. Spending time with my wife, energy giver. Now, I see her a lot. I work with her. I just recently had somebody say to me, I can't imagine working with my my spouse all the time. I'm like, honestly, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, for us, it's good. We enjoy it. But so I get energy from, from hanging out with her. I get energy from hanging out and playing with my kids. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes those take energy, right? And so there's a give and take there that we need to look at. So here's a exercise that I want you to start doing. And if you're driving and you listen to this, I would really encourage you to uh, come back to this point and, and listen when you get to a place where you can write things down. I want you to write down everything that gives you energy that you do. I want you to write down everything that takes away energy that you do. Now I want you to start asking some questions. What are you doing because you think you're supposed to do it versus you need to do it? In other words, one of the things that I have worked really hard on over the last 10 years is how do I narrow my focus of what I am doing? How do I narrow the focus so that there's only three to five things that I'm focusing on on any given point and I can get A's, if you will, in all of those things? Uh, one of the things that has organically died when I did that is TV. In fact, uh, we live out in the middle of nowhere, so having TV is a good thing for sports. It's very difficult if we wanted to watch, like, I enjoy ba baseball. So if I wanted to watch the playoffs, once it reaches uh, network TV or any, t it's very difficult to watch it um, because I can't always stream it at home. And so we, we pay a little bit for some satellite TV. And in June, the company that we use had to upgrade all their equipment so you couldn't get local channels. We didn't know until November because one of the things that has organically died as we have narrowed the focus of what we do is TV. Now, I do watch some streaming. I watch my outdoor TV quite a bit. I enjoy that. I stream that. Uh, it's a great app if you're looking for an app that has outdoor TV type things, fishing and hunting. So if you don't into those things, you might not like it. Uh, but even that, one of the things I noticed was I would watch it at night before I'd go to bed and I wouldn't read. And reading is one of the things that I'm focusing on. I, I want to read before I go to bed at night. And so that has kind of fluctuated in and out. But you don't know what you're looking at until you know what's taking my energy, what's giving me energy, what am I doing because I want to, and what am I doing because I need to in order to achieve whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve. In that sentence is the assumption that you know what it is you're trying to achieve. And so as you look at these things, like here's something that I do. This thing right here is taking energy from me and it's not moving me towards my goal. That's not a good return on investment for me. I'm done with it. 
and I come up with a way to uh, eliminate it from my life. Now, sometimes I don't need to eliminate it. I just need to figure out how to better utilize it. And so I structured my schedule a certain way at work, Monday to Friday. And at first it was very difficult for me to maximize the, the gaps that I had scheduled in per, on purpose so that I could do things like this, record a podcast so that I could work on the book, so that I could write uh, for my website, so that I could do those types of things, so that I could do business consulting. And so I, 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 so that I could get to the gym back when they were open, or I guess they are open again now, but when they were open and, and you could just go freely. And, and so what I had to do is I had to say, okay, well, I, I made this schedule. What, how am I going to utilize this time? What is the thing that's taking up my time? And so sometimes it'd be like, well, I had a meeting with my wife or her and my son went out and I went out for breakfast and that took up the morning back when you could do that. And so, okay, well, so that's actually something that's given me energy, but it's not helping me get the things done that I want to get done. So I got to look at that. And sometimes you just have to, you know, manage that and rearrange it. Now, here's the thing. When I do this with clients, most of the time we're good to this point. They can make the list of the things they do that give them energy or take energy. You know, I go to work. uh, I'm in this small group of people doing this thing. I volunteer here. I do this. And then I ask, okay, well, what's the purpose of those things? These things that you've listed, what's the purpose? And then is the energy that you're, you're giving away worth it, right? Uh, I have, well, I have this, this sweater sweatshirt thing on, uh, probably $30. Some people would say I'd never pay 30 bucks for a sweater or a sweatshirt. Okay. There are other people like, I actually had a girl in, in graduate school tell me one time I bought a, a new pair of jeans and she was like, oh, I don't wear anything that doesn't cost less than $120 for a pair of jeans. I'm like, okay. Right. So her and I would value denim differently. And so I'm not saying you have to value things the way that I do, or I need to value things the way that you do, or even you and your spouse. But the things that are taking energy from you that you're doing, are they helping you move towards goal? Why are you doing them? Now, most people are okay to this point because we're talking about things. But even when I start saying, okay, what are you going to cut? I watch them get nervous. And the reason they get nervous is because the things that they're doing are connected to a relationship or a series of relationships. And so then it gets really difficult because the next thing I have is I want you to write out all of your relationships. All of them. As many as you can think of. Mom, dad, husband, wife, sister, brother, sister, brother, children, neighbor, friend at church, best friend since third grade. Uh, All of that stuff. Best friend since college. Write it all out. And then I want you to take a look at what you're, what, are they giving you energy? Or are they taking energy? Is the relationship on the whole putting energy into your bank or taking energy out of your bank? Okay, so we're going to make some lists. We're going to write out all the relationship names that we have. And then we're going to write plus or minus. Overall, it's putting, so this is the next column. It's putting energy into my bank of energy, or it's taking energy out over the whole. Third column. Do you want to be in the relationship or do you need to be in the relationship? The need list should be pretty small because by definition, relationships are voluntary. And so as we lean into this, one of the hardest things to think about is there are probably relationships that I either need to rearrange how much energy they get from me 
or I need to eliminate them. And as we lean into this and we, and we start to work on intentional living, including the area of relationships, sometimes we have to eliminate them. Now, I am a believer in family, and this is probably, it gets a little controversial. There are people who are like, you know, you just cut family members out. I, I think you can get there. I, I think there's probably a lot of work that we can try to do before we get there. But certainly there are people who are born into a family that is toxic, and they should probably really limit their interactions with the toxic people in their family. Cutting off complete communication is one way to do that. It does come with a cost. And so that's really what we're looking at here is what's the cost ratio of our relationships. And so I have a lot of acquaintances. I do. I have a lot of people that know me and I know them and we could stop and we could have a talk about more than just the weather. But I am intimate with very, 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 very few people. Like literally count on one hand. Probably don't even need the whole hand. Now, if you add my family, like my immediate family, my wife and my children, okay, that would, so yeah, you would use the whole hand. But one of the things that you have to run out is what does it mean to live intentionally with your family or with your relationships? Excuse me. One of the things we have to run out is what does it mean to live intentionally with our relationships? Because I see so many people who are hanging on to relationships that used to be something. They're chasing relationships that used to be something. I had a friend literally reached out to me when we were moving here to uh, Grand Rapids and said, hey, I, I see that you're moving to Grand Rapids. Um, would love to get together with you. I think we share interests. right?" And, and for the first, I don't know, three to five years that we lived here, we were good friends. In fact, uh, we would get together and we'd get coffee and we'd debate things. He tends to think one way uh, about things. I tend to think another. It's a great relationship. Uh, he and his wife and children were in our home. In fact, I was one of the people that he called and said, hey, I need to meet with you because he told me his wife was pregnant after years of trying and she couldn't get pregnant. And, and they, we, we were in their home. We, I got his wife a job at one of the companies I worked for. He worked for me. We're not that close anymore. And it's Okay. Now, here's the thing. We're, it's not that we're not, I don't think, it's not that we're not that close because I got mad at him. I know that's true. Or he got mad at me. We live 45 minutes apart. We live, geographically, we live 45 minutes apart. I don't have time to pursue a relationship that is 45 minutes away. And my guess is that he doesn't either. Now, if he were to show up where I was, or I were to show up where he is, or if I were to send him a text, hey, let's get lunch back again when they're open, my guess would be that we would be able to sit down and pick up pretty much right where we left off and we'd have a great conversation. But the intimacy, the, hey, here's somebody that I am deeply connected to. They get the majority of my emotional energy and they get a lot of my time. That's gone. And, and one of the things that uh, I, I've heard in the past all change is lost and all loss should be grieved. I agree with that. I think that's that's really good advice. With that said, I think when we grieve it, the temptation is for us to pursue relationships that have, and I hate this word, but I'm going to use it, have organically died. We pursue relationships that have organically died because there's nothing necessarily to replace them. And that gap is painful. It's hurtful. We, we, we feel the pain and we want the pain to stop. Or... 
we think of the past and we tend to view the past, especially positive experiences in the past, with, with some tinting to them. And so we chase relationships. And sometimes the other person doesn't want to chase it. Now, if you both want to chase it, and, and I think that's, this is the first question, are both people chasing it? Then that's probably move on to step two, which is does this chasing then put energy into me on the whole, or does it take energy out of me on the whole? And what is it that, what, why am I pursuing this? Does it make me a better human? Does it make me a better husband? Does it make me a better father? Does it make me a better brother? Does it make me a better son? What is it that's helping me? Where is the help that's coming into my life and then flowing through me to other people? Does it help me to just be a good friend to this person? And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes that's good. So, so those are the relationships that die organically. But then my question becomes, what about the relationships that we need to prune, that we need to remove from our life? This is where it gets very interesting, and I often get a lot of pushback. I promise you there are probably people in your life, in fact, almost every listen, I'll do it this way. I promise you that almost every person who hears this podcast, there are people in your life that you need to prune out. That on the whole, they are toxic for you. They are taking more energy than they're giving. I watch this in high school students all the time because high school is typically such a small bubble, middle school, such a small bubble. They're afraid if I cut this person out, they're going to destroy me in the friend group. And I'm watching this as we expand adolescence and we're telling people that you, you don't need to grow up ever. I don't, I don't even know what that means, but right, you, you know, uh, you, you don't have to be an adult. You don't have to do adulting. I hate that word. You don't have to do adulting till 30. You know, just, just enjoy life. As in like, you know what? I'm an adult. I'm, I'm old. I'm, I'm so old that there are people who think I knew Jesus. I love life and I love what I'm doing. And people are like, well, I don't. Okay, well, then make a change. But that's a whole different day. There are relationships in my 20s that I had that I would not, if I could go back and redo them, I wouldn't do them. Or that I would have gotten out of quicker. I believe the correct grammatical term for my grammar friends is I would have gotten out of them sooner. And, and here's the thing. I don't believe that we should go back, right? I, I'm not a, you know, oh, if I could go back. Unless doing that helps us to consider what we're doing in the present and the future. So when I look at those relationships and I think, oh man, I, I wish I had gotten out of that sooner. I wonder, are there relationships in my life right now that in 10 years I'll wish I should have gotten out of them sooner? Are there things that I'm doing that I'll look back in 10 years and be like, man, I should have gotten out of those sooner? And what are they? Because then if I can do that now, maybe I take that away from 10 years from now. So you go through your friendships and maybe there was a friendship that was fantastic five years ago. It was awesome. You were good friends. Maybe you're not today. Or if you are, maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe they've changed and they're toxic. Maybe they've changed and they are not healthy for you. One of the things that's always interested me is when people say, hey, you know what? I want to go here. I want to do this. I have this goal. People who were their friends get upset. Jordan somebody, what's his name? Jordan Sand. No, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Sanderson's an, a different type of author. Jordan Peterson says that you know you have a true friend when you can go and tell them something about something that is good in your life that happened and they truly celebrate with you. This has become one of the hallmarks of how I measure my friendships. If something good happens to us and when I think about telling them I get queasy I start to really dig a deep dive on that relationship. Why would I get queasy about it? Why would I be afraid to tell them? 
Why would I think they would react in any way other than celebrate with me? And if they would react in any way other than celebrate, we probably don't have a very healthy relationship and I need to look how I'm managing that relationship in an intentional way. I think about this a lot when I have clients who are wrestling with difficult parenting decisions, difficult uh, interpersonal decisions, and they consistently have a friend who is telling them you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're coddling your kids. You're being too hard on your kid. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I do think good friends should disagree. They should challenge us to be better. But at some point, their opinion is known. And I see clients chasing these relationships because it used to be good. Well, maybe it isn't anymore. Maybe they're taking energy from you that you don't have. So like my friend that I was talking about earlier that we used to be close and now we're, we're not so much. He, he had some difficult situations hit his family. He called me, sent me a message. We got together, had coffee. Uh, we talked for a little bit. Things worked out. I haven't heard from him since. That's okay. And it tells me a little bit about how he views the relationship. If I need something, if I'm going to call you, Joe. But if I don't, well, I'm just going to live my life. I'm okay with that. That helps me understand how much energy I need to give the relationship. Because relationships are about two people moving towards a common goal, which should be the betterment of both people, and I believe the betterment of the world. And so I want you to look at your relationships. The relationships that you want to be in that are taking energy from you on the whole, why are you in them? Why do you want to be in them? The ones that you feel you need to be in, how is that going? Do you need to set up boundaries? So there are relationships that I believe I need to engage in. There are relationships that because of certain things in life, I need to be in them. I'm not talking about my wife or my kids. And at the same time, they are often painful to engage in. So I engage in them with very strict boundaries. There are things that I do and things that I don't do. I have intentionally placed boundaries around them so that I don't have energy removed from me in a way that is unhealthy. You can donate blood, right? Everybody think about this. You can go to the, to the where blood donation place. And I think you can go once every, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to pause here for a minute. I'm going to Google it. All right. I'm back. Did you miss me? According to the Red Cross, you can do whole blood donation once every eight weeks. They're, they're, they have a whole list of things, different days. You know how often you can do platelet every seven days, but you can donate blood every eight weeks, every 56 days. If you went in to one place and donated blood and you went somewhere else and donated blood inside those 56 days, let's say you did it 14 days later, you run the risk of getting sick. And if you do it too often, you'll die. I really truly believe this is the same thing with our friendships. There are friendships that I can donate to, that I can totally be the one that, that is, is donating to. And I, I believe that I have a couple friendships that I really feel I don't, there's not much that I am currently receiving in the relationship, but it's good for the other person. It's helping them grow. It's helping them mature. It's there, there are benefits to them, which in turn help the world around them, which is part of my life mission. So I can do that. I can donate to them, but I have to be sure that as I'm donating, I'm doing it in a structure that keeps me healthy because unhealthy people can't donate. And if your friendships are taking more energy than they're giving, you run the risk of being incredibly unhealthy. And so I want you to take this out. We make this list. 
All the friends that I'm friends with, all the relationships that I have, they're not the same thing. Then plus or minus, then why? And then what am I going to do about it? So there are people that you're friends with in 2019 that you probably, or 2020, good soul, imagine if I knew what time, what time it was. There are friends that, and relationships that you have today in 2020 or whatever day you're listening to this that you probably ought to make part of your plan to get rid of in the next six months. Living intentionally means you might look at it and say, you know what, I need to really limit my interactions in this relationship. I need to limit what this relationship is doing to my life. By limiting how many times you can donate blood, the Red Cross or blood donation centers keep you healthy so that you can help the maximum number of people. And to me, that's the ultimate question. Are my relationships helping me to help the maximum number of people? And here's the rub. There might be other people who look at their relationship with me and be like, no. And so then they pull away from me. And that's painful. And I can mourn it and at the same time take the most generous assumption that, hey, for whatever reason, they don't feel that my relationship is helping them be the best that they can be to help the world. So, okay, that's very difficult. That's probably another whole episode. So what's going on with your relationships? How are you managing them? How are you evaluating them? What is it that you want out of your relationships? Are you living intentionally in your relationships? I'd love to hear from you. Tell me your story. Tell me about your relationships. Tell me what you think about this episode. Exciting things coming. We are relaunching my YouTube page in January. I'm thinking probably the week of January 22nd. We're going to firm that up over the next 10 days, and we will let you know. Uh, So if you like those, they're coming. We are looking to uh, launch a men's mentorship program, uh, which would be intensive work with me and probably four to six guys. We've got all sorts of things coming down the pipeline for relationship conferences. Once we get a handle on this COVID situation, whatever's going on with that and regulations and what's safe and what isn't safe, we're going to move forward with those. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great uh, week. We are one week away from Christmas, and two weeks away from the new year. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.